0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Central Church of Christ podcast. We exist to be a community that seeks God and serves people. We're so glad that you've joined us today. And now let's get back to the podcast. Ten weeks. Ten weeks, um, a Harvard health study took place. And there were three groups of subjects, three groups of people that were uh, being examined during these 10 weeks. There, and basically what happened was that these three groups all had a journal. And they would just name things over 10 weeks. The first group named the things for which they were thankful. The second group named the things that bothered them, that afflicted them. And the last group named just what affected them in general. They didn't emphasize whether it was positive or negative, they just said, just name the things that are happening in your life that are noteworthy. Ten weeks later, one of the groups visited their doctors more often than the others. One of them a little bit less, and one of them significantly less. This is a legitimate psychological study of these people. You know who visited the doctors the least amount? The people that could name the things for which they were thankful. They made very few trips to their doctors. Like surprise trips too. Not scheduled ones, but surprise trips. And the people that spent their time focusing on on what afflicted them or what bothered them, just focusing on the negative aspects of their lives, they made many more trips to the doctor. Now, this morning, I don't want to talk to you about, like, being positive versus being negative, because in a lot of ways, that would defeat what we talked about last week. Lamenting means we confront the things that are negative in our lives, and we bring God into that. So negativity is not a bad thing, but there was a significant difference between the people who focused on the problems of their lives and the people who took time out of their day to jot down the things that made them thankful. And it's no no secret that we have people around us that can influence us in such a way that we want to focus mostly on what's negative in our lives. In fact, I I don't know a lot of truly, deeply thankful people. I know some, but I think I know more people in my life that nitpick, that focus on the things that aggravate them. That is the common cultural standard, right? You focus on what bothers you. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I am the chief of focusing on the things that bother me. If you ask me, like, what's wrong, I can tell you in an instant. doesn't take much thinking for me to do that. If you ask me, what are you thankful for? It might take me a minute to think of the things I'm thankful for. Without sounding generic, right? I'm thankful that I have a house, I'm thankful that I have... A wonderful family, you know. Like I'm not just talking about the generic things. I'm talking about very specific things for which I am thankful. And this morning we uh, we read from Psalm 118. Thank you, Kim, for reading that. It's a psalm of thanksgiving. It's a psalm where the psalmist names the things for which he is thankful. And this morning, I want us to take a little bit of a deeper dive and asking, like, what are the things that make you grateful? Because really what we're going to do at the end of this sermon, just as a sneak preview, we're going to respond again and think about the things that we want to give thanks to God for. And one of the uh, angles on this I want to take this morning is I want to focus on a parable that Jesus told. It's one you've maybe heard before, but I want to give us some some more food for thought as we think about this. Because what I think is that we will walk away, if we can be grateful people, that increases our witness to the world that Jesus is Lord. That's why I think this is important. So without further ado, if you have your Bible with you, will you open to Luke 18? If you have your phone, you're welcome to look on that too. Luke 18 is one of, uh, one of these parables that I've heard many times, but if you haven't, hopefully this changes some things for you. Because every time I read it, it kind of rocks my world. Luke 18, starting in verse 9, Jesus says this, He told this parable to some who were confident that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Anybody else know a character like this in your life? I I know one. Sometimes it's me. Verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed about himself like this. God I thank you that I am not like other people, extortionists, unrighteous people, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of everything I get. Amen. The tax collector, however, stood far off and would not even look up to heaven, but beat his chest and said, "'God, be merciful to me, Sinner that I am. Amen. Jesus said, I tell you that this man, this tax collector, went down to his home justified, rather than the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. You notice how the Pharisee starts out his prayer? He expresses gratitude. But it's a false gratitude. It's it's so cheap. I mean, you read this and you're like, that guy's ridiculous. Who honestly prays like that? Who Who thinks they're that much better than somebody else? i got to be honest with you, I think sometimes I'm that guy. I mean, how often do we say, just in our minds, right? Most of us don't say these things out loud, but how often do we say, Oh, I'm so glad, I'm so grateful that I'm not like so-and-so. They're making their own life miserable, and I'm so glad I'm not like them. Thank you. And then we go in our minds, just like the Pharisee does, and we justify ourselves. We say, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. I show up to work on time. I save my money. I'm loyal to my family. But so-and-so is not. So, thank you that I am not like so and so. But Jesus does not commend that. He doesn't praise that action at all. He won't stand for it. We may say the words thank you, but Jesus sees right through it. Not to condemn us, but to say, like, you got to get your act together. That is not gratitude that is self-righteousness a truly thankful person is somebody who realizes that in order to be truly thankful for what God is doing in our lives there's a process and it starts with this first step is humility it's being humble Look at this man that he says is justified. God, be merciful to me, sinner that I am. And Jesus says, he who humbles himself will be exalted. So step one is to be humble. Step two, just as he says, sinner that I am. These words really hit me hard. Because here's the thing. Last week we talked about lament. This week we're talking about thankfulness. I almost want you to think of thankfulness as the sequel to lament. Because you're humble first. But you have to lament before you know what you're grateful for. It goes like this. We don't just lament the world around us because the Pharisee was good at that. There's so many extortionists, so many adulterers in this world, there's so many liars. But he has no concept for realizing that some of that is within himself. And he's not grieving his own sin. The Pharisee doesn't grieve his own sin, he grieves everybody else's sin. That's not lament there is a place for that to grieve the sin in the world but we have to start within ourselves and here's why I'm like this is not a negative message it's just this is the process we got to go through but here's the thing the Pharisee does not grieve the sin within himself so as a result he exalts himself he will be humbled But the tax collector who knows he's messed up, who knows he's an extortionist, probably, who has charged unfair tax to people coming in and out of cities, he knows he has messed up. As a result, he acknowledges that. He laments the sin within him. And then he does something crazy. He can express gratitude for God's mercy. He can be thankful that he serves a merciful God who will not forget him because he humbled himself. So this psalm, Psalm 118, it brings us to a place of gratitude for everything God has done, for God's goodness. If we're not careful, though, and we haven't, like, taken the time to examine ourselves, and I'm not just talking about the first time you become a Christian. I'm talking about this ongoing process of following Jesus, because when I first followed Jesus, I knew I was a sinner. As someone who's followed Jesus for more than a few years today, I still sin. I still do. I still mess up. I'm not patient with my son. I'm not always helpful to my wife. I'm not always the listening ear I need to be. I still mess up. But here's the thing. We can move from that place. You don't stay there. Lament is not the end of the process. It's not the closing chapter of the book. Lament is a place that we start, that we go from there, and we move to a place of gratitude. Gratitude. We move to a place of saying, you know what, I know that I messed up, but this God that I see in Jesus, he is merciful, he is good, he loves us, and he will move us from that place of grief to a place of thankfulness and joy. That's the God we serve. So I want to walk with you this morning just through this idea how do we move from gratitude? Sorry, how do we move from lament to gratitude? You recognize your sin. Recognize that you weren't the person you needed to be. And you say, God, be merciful on me. That gives you a lens. It's like you see the world and it's incredibly blurry. And then you put glasses on. And everything is clear everything's crystal clear when you are able to move to that place of gratitude we see that not only is God merciful but we can have compassion on other sinners we can have compassion on other human beings and we can be thankful that God and his mercy allows us to not see other people as enemies God will move us to that place that's what thankfulness does thankfulness does not look down their nose at somebody else and say glad I'm not that person or I am so much better than so-and-so instead thankfulness gives us a posture of looking at the world and looking at other fellow human beings and saying God was merciful to me, and I know that person and I, I'm not better than that person. But I can have compassion on them. Because the thing is, other people do wrong us. It's not always that I sin and only I mess up. It's never just that. Other people contribute to the problem. There is a real place for pain and hurt that others inflict on us. But when we're thankful people, we don't look at them and say, how dare you hurt me? Instead, we look and say, I forgive you just as Jesus forgives me because I'm a grateful follower of Jesus. Thankfulness is one of the marks that Jesus is Lord. Thankfulness is that. if you you care about your witness to the world, if you care about our collective witness as a church, give thanks to God for He is good. And that's not advice from the psalmist, by the way. That is a command. Some action verbs are not just pieces of advice, they are actual commands. In this psalm, give thanks to the Lord is just that. It's a command. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks. Give thanks that we serve a merciful God. That he's not the kind of celestial CEO that looks down his nose at us and says, well, you messed up. I'm going to make sure you remember every single day that you messed up. No, when God forgives, He forgives. In His mercy, He does not remember our sins and hold it over us. But He looks at us just as we are, a new creation. You want something to be thankful for? Realize that even though the world around us is utter chaos and that most human beings cannot have civil conversations, look around and remember that what Jesus accomplished actually has a bearing on the history of this world. It's not just a historical myth. It is something that is changing the world before our very eyes. That is something to be thankful for. That is something to say Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. That is something that can move us from lament of our own sin to thankfulness for the mercy, for the mercy of our God. He will move us from that place. I urge you to give thanks to God this week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for hearing us. We thank you for loving us. We ask that you would hear our prayers this morning, that we want to be a thankful people. It's just not something that's ingrained in our world, is to be thankful. What is ingrained is to be ungrateful, to be critical, to be constantly aggravated. God, I pray that you would transform us, transform me more and more into the image of Jesus who gives us this perfect model of thankfulness. I even think of communion. I think of how Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. even though he knew what that meant. He knew it meant that it wasn't just that he was breaking bread, but that his actual body would be broken, yet he still gave thanks. I pray that we could be those people. Help us be more like the tax collector, not like the Pharisee. Help us look at our other fellow human beings made in your image with thanks and compassion. In Jesus' name, amen.